I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money, but are your bills even accurate? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million to save. Visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com. If you've got a military, first responder, emergency medical, or government service background, GovX.com is for you. You stepped up to serve our country and communities, and GovX delivers unbeatable deals that you've earned. GovX.com is the only site built exclusively to honor your service. Members save on epic brands and the gear they need for their on- and off-duty lives. You'll get incredible savings on tickets to live sports events, theme parks, and other entertainment. You can even save on travel, hotels, rental cars, cruises, and more. See if you qualify. Visit GovX.com. It's easy and totally free. Use code CLAY in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in, everybody. Tuesday edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. We've got stories lined up. We are locked and stocked and ready to rock here. Uh, Hunter Biden, you know that's always going to be good, right? You never get a boring Hunter Biden story. You got to give the guy credit for that, at least. It's, it's, and there's usually video. There's usually photo to go along with it. It's like a news editor's dream. But uh, Hunter Biden, we may find out still that the document scandal involving his dad, now the president, uh, might have something to do with Hunter's shenanigans abroad. The story today, though, is is definitely Hunter Biden specific. There are apparently texts showing that Hunter threatened to withhold money from a 29-year-old female legal assistant unless she FaceTimed him in the nude. So you would think that the left and the feminists and the Democrats... I'm sorry, was that wrong? Remember the Seinfeld episode when George got caught having sex with the cleaning lady and he said... He went in for his interview, and he was just like, I'm sorry, was that wrong? I mean, I'm sorry. I didn't even know. I hadn't seen this story yet. That's a tough one to defend yourself on, right? Uh, That's a tough one. That is is a tough one. Uh, So we will spend some time making, well, doing what we can to make sense of of Hunter Biden stuff. Also, an MSNBC uh, host talks about her bout with myocarditis. She's young. She's healthy. She suddenly had quite a health scare with inflammation of her heart, and I believe she is uh, somebody that has been vaccinated several times over. Is there is there a connection? Is there anything to talk about there? We'll talk about it. Uh, George Santos has stepped down from some committee assignments, but he is still a member of Congress, something that we can uh, certainly 
discuss and and will i don't view the santos story the li- the lies he's told are the most interesting part of the story to be sure the rest of it i think uh is is somewhat forgettable uh democrats lie all the time and they don't have people who lose their jobs over it. in fact they usually get a promotion like elizabeth warren the fake cherokee uh but clay i want to start with this one getting into the world of of uh, of sport for a moment here because one one of the ways that you can see uh democrats for who they really are especially the more they talk about social justice and racial justice uh there seems to be a correlation with the moment that they have an opportunity let's say to separate themselves from those who are low income to make sure that there's no low-income housing on their block or in their neighborhood, because, you know, property values and schools and stuff. The hypocrisy is laid bare for all to see. Uh, an example of this recently is is uh, Nantucket, which is one of the, fa- the sister island of Martha's Vineyard. You know, there is a huge movement there. It's an almost entirely Democrat, on- Democrat enclave now of some of the richest people in the world and it, some of the most expensive real estate in the world. They don't want any affordable housing at all on the island, even though there are, you know, workers, servers at restaurants, gas station attendants, you know, people that need affordable housing. Steph Curry is one of the richest athletes on the planet. I didn't even realize he was the fifth, fifth highest paid athlete in the world last year. And the story today, Clay, is that Steph Curry and his, uh, and his wife, are asking the Bay Area government, they're right next to Palo Alto, which, again, some of the most expensive real estate in the world. They're in uh, Atherton, California. They're trying to stop low-income housing from going up in their neighborhood. And I just can't, I can't imagine, Clay, because doesn't social justice mean that you should want to welcome the low-income residents who are doing the hard jobs and, and trying to elevate themselves on the socioeconomic ladder Shouldn't a social justice advocate with hundreds of millions of dollars to spare, like Steph Curry, want to have low income individuals in his neighborhood so that so that, you know, he can spend time with them and and they can all work together to elevate the community? Yeah, there's some details in here that I think are great, Buck. First of all, they live in Atherton, Colorado. I'm sorry, Atherton, California, which is ranked as the most expensive zip code in the United States a year ago, uh, according to Forbes. Land is worth about $8 million per acre, according to a councilman in Atherton. And what's going on here is they have opted to upzone a one-and-a-half-acre lot with the property owner planning to develop 16 three-story townhomes. Uh, and the idea of the townhomes, obviously, is to be more affordable in the most expensive residence in uh, the zip code in the entire country. And Steph Curry and his wife wrote a letter to the town voicing concerns. I'm reading from OutKick. We did a good job uh, covering this. Mark Harris, one of our writers at OutKick, did. I, and sent, they sent it to me this morning. Uh, they said, we hesitate to add to the not-in-our-backyard, literally, rhetoric, but we wanted to send a note before today's meeting. Safety and privacy for us and our kids continues to be our top priority and one of the biggest reasons we chose Atherton. 
Uh, they said that if the project's to move forward, they don't want it in literally their backyard. So it, it is amazing how often this happens. Uh, $30 million house, uh, reportedly, that Steph Curry owns in the most expensive town in America. And he and his wife have written a letter, not only voicing their displeasure maybe privately about this uh, rezoning, they have written a letter to the board to try to prevent townhomes from being built in the vicinity of their home. You know what I think has started to run its course as one of the go-to left-wing explanations for why all of a sudden the rules that they advocate for, you know, what the Democrats want for the rest of us, don't apply the, it's about my safety you know, we know that they abuse the notion of emotional safety to shut down speech, right? Democrats will say, your words make me feel unsafe. But now, uh, for example, remember the uh, the mayor of New Orleans just, uh, just a few months back, uh, LaToya Cantrell. She was flying first class as the mayor all over the place. And people started to say, really, you need to have the city paying for you to fly first class all the time and she didn't she didn't even say look it's a perk of the job or she said it's for my safety because she claimed a uh for for a black woman to fly with her profile it's inherently a safety a personal safety issue and by the way as if flying first class makes you safer than <laughs> flying in coach it makes your knees and maybe your back a little safer from the extra comfort, but I don't think it is a safe. You know, it's not like they've got armed guards in first class on the plane in the back of the in plane. In fact, is a everyone role. walks past you in first class. If you're really yes. concerned about your safety, you should want to sit in the very back row of the airplane because people can't get to you as easily, right? If you want to be in incognito, fly in you know seat 37J right next to the toilets. Nobody will have any idea who's back there. Also, the mayor of New Orleans, we have the biggest radio show in the country. What percentage of our audience would know the mayor of New Orleans if she were right now listening to this show, sitting next to anybody uh, in this entire audience? One, per Not even one not percent. Even. I, I, bet, I bet the majority of New Orleans residents, even in the city of which she is the mayor, would not recognize her in the city of New Orleans. So the idea that she is in danger, this is always kind of ludicrous. I mean, look, uh, it's but crazy. Can, can we, can, we can even take it to Steph Curry again for a second here. Yeah. Because Steph Curry is, as we said, the fifth highest paid athlete in the world. I mean, this guy is, well, Clay, what's he probably making? 20, 30 mil a year oh, at least? 40 I bet, mil? I bet oh, well over. Uh, I mean, because the NBA salaries now, he's probably making $35 million minimum in salary, and I bet he's making another 25 or 30 in endorsement income. So $50, so, $60 million easy. This is a guy who, for his family, can afford round-the-clock, year-round security without without it even – it's a rounding error. It, could he wouldn't even it doesn't matter. Cost. He could hire the best security service he could possibly imagine – uh, the best security system installed for his home owns multiple homes, but even but see we're even uh, by assessing that component of the oh it's about our safety and the safety of my family. I'm sorry, people who could only afford two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for you know a one bedroom in the townhouse that might be built are they dangerous, Steph? I, I just want to know are these the dangerous people 
or are they the undesirables in your super fancy neighborhood? This is where the libs always get exposed, Clay. It happens in New York with real estate, with schools. It's always, oh, what do you mean you don't want to rezone all of other people's suburbs so that there's multifamily housing and projects going up and whatever? Oh, you don't want to do that? Wait, but who does want to do that? And, and Buck, this is for anybody who's listening to us right now in the Bay Area at all. This is probably the single biggest issue in the Bay Area. And I know there's a lot. They don't enforce crime uh, laws. You know, they got all sorts of drug and homelessness issues. But I would argue if you talk to people in the Bay Area, if you have a family and you work as a cop, if you work as a school teacher, if you work as a fireman, there are almost no affordable places to live in many of these communities. And this Atherton place, I'm sure, is trying to build these townhomes so that in theory they at least have some people who work in public services in their community who could afford to live there. You know, this is my my older brother did a did a semester in business school out at Berkeley. So right there. And I remember talking to him, you know, all these my brother, we talk a lot. And this is going back now almost a decade about his time there and and it has been a problem all along that has only gotten worse exactly yes. what you're discussing, which is where do you live? Yep. If you have you know, if you when you see the property taxes, the cost of these homes, and people who say, "Oh, well, that's just the market," that is absolutely false. California makes it effectively impossible, right. from a developer standpoint, to build new homes. To you know, the way they do zoning, environmental impact, everything, they make it as difficult as possible. And really, what you see is a class system in in geography whereby the rich libs who love Nancy Pelosi and and Gavin Newsom live as close to the water places like Atherton by the way on the bay close to the water as possible and their servant class the people that you know keep the plumbing going you know uh you know pick the food uh you know do all the service jobs that landscaping exist. they're teaching everything. of the kids i mean literally everything they live you know, in the interior of California, far away, because that's the only place where they can actually afford to live. So you have in California a system that looks more and more like what you had in some Latin American countries. I was going to say Venezuela, but they've actually just made everybody poor now because their socialism finally collapsed the whole system. But you have this separation of extremely Brazil is a good example, extremely rich and and everyone else is is poor and in the servant class. And, you know, you, you see this once again. Clay, you, you mentioned uh, how big a problem it is. There are people who work for Google, yes. young people, who choose, there have been whole articles written about this, choose to live in their van and shower and eat the food, etc., that they have at their job. Arguing that his kids are not going to be safe because there's some poors who might live in the neighborhood. That's, that and, that and is the, the way, argument. Poor is not really poor, right? Because if you're, even the poor people in Atherton are going to be upper middle class, right? It's not like they're going to build 16 townhomes that cost $80,000 each, right, Correct. for people to be able to buy. It's going to be people who have normal lifestyles right. and are working in these communities. So Steph Curry is such a social justice advocate that he thinks that people who can only afford a two or $300,000 home are, are scary and might hurt him yes. and his family. That, that, that is the implication of his position on this. But you see, it's such a stupid argument. We all know he actually just wants to be surrounded by rich people and his property values to stay high. That's, That's right. actually what it is. He doesn't really hold those people in contempt. That's just the way the argument plays out because he doesn't want to admit 
that this is really just about I get to live in a rich neighborhood surrounded with rich people, right? That's really what's at the heart of this. And find me a rich liberal, and you will find somebody who does not want, you know, multifamily zoned right on their property line or near it or in their neighborhood or in their zip code, who does not want a lot of illegal immigrants to be all of a sudden showing up, living in their neighborhood, using their schools, using their across the board. This is where this is their Achilles heel. This is the weakness that they all have. So very true. I got a little fired up there for a second, Clay. So, you know, that's what ends up happening. And and I think it's important for all of us to understand exactly what's going on with our online security as well. That's a very important thing. Most of us now live with an online existence that is not secure. You got to understand you're buying airline tickets. You're registering for school online, socializing with others online. As convenient as that has become, it comes with a price. And that's the fear of suffering online identity theft which is kind of like having your wallet stolen, but through digital means, so you won't even know it's missing. You only find out when all those charges are racked up, and by then it's it's too late. Best way to protect your online identity is with LifeLock. They're head and shoulders above any other company when it comes to protecting your presence online. LifeLock systems monitor billions of transactions every week looking for evidence of foul play. When your name is involved, they're in touch with you to notify you. And if it needs fixing, they have a team of restoration specialists all based here in the U.S. I've worked with them before, by the way, and man, they made some headaches go away. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but it is easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. You just got to have this if you're going to be doing stuff online. Join now and save up at 25% off your first year with promo code BUCK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to lifelock.com and use my name, Buck, that's B-U-C-K, for 25% off. Speaking truth and having fun. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Welcome back to Clay and Buck. You know, there is only one Republican who has officially announced that he is running for president so far. But we're already catching a little back and forth between some Republicans, and Clay is going to dive into that. Yes, yes, Trump and DeSantis. Clay will talk about that at the top of the next hour. Wanted to uh, just get you ready for that because it's going to be it's going to be a heavyweight fight. It's going to be, as Clay taught me on the show, a Donnybrook in reference to the what was it, the uh, medieval Celtic festival, I believe, where there was a lot of drinking and I, I can't believe you never heard the phrase Donnybrook before. Maybe it's just having read so many sports articles yes. where people are trying to think up new ways to describe people who are competing. But, yeah, I love the word Donnybrook. Yeah, and and now we know the derivation of it, which is always always a fun one. Uh, but so we'll get to that and, and where that stands. Look, we've said it all along, you know, primaries. Primaries are a fight within uh, within the family, you know? When the primary is settled, then it turns into a fight against Sauron and the forces of evil. But, you know, in the meantime, we're going to have a little bit of an in-house, a little bit of an in-house throwdown on the, among the Republicans, it looks like. Pro- probably. Probably. So we'll get to that. Now, Eric Adams in New York, switching gears here for a second. We, we told you this yesterday. This story has gotten a lot of attention because it it, it is... It is pretty galling. It, it's it's pretty remarkable that you have people who are at U.S. taxpayer expense. Uh, th- they are staying in a four-star hotel in Midtown Manhattan, actually very close to our New York City our New York City studio, stones throw away. And Eric Adams is out there, the mayor of New York, who has already said that that the city cannot afford this. El Paso, Texas, apparently can. 
But 40,000 migrants in the 8.5 million person city of New York, that's too much of a strain on the budget. A hundred, you know, Clay, a hundred thousand New Yorkers went through the shelter system last year and they're going to spend on the 40,000 migrants more, I believe, than they have spent actually on housing New Yorkers who are housing insecure, who are homeless for a period of time in New York City. Eric Adams, though, is boasting uh, about how there are a lot of healthy food and snacks being provided to these illegals. Play three. I just had to come here when I started hearing all the rumors about it was too cold. Uh, <laughs> my brother got on shorts. He's inside. It's warm inside. Uh, about uh, the food not being there. Uh, you know, healthy food is presence. Even the snacks are healthy. We just need to stop the anxiety. When I spoke to the men who are here, they shared the same energy. We want to come in, we want to work, we want to pursue the American dream. We're thankful to the people of New York City. But are they thankful, Clay, when New York City didn't even say, you, we're not going to house you anymore? Which I also thought, aren't they all meeting with family members and going to do the jobs Americans won't do? And this is what we're always told about illegals specifically, because we don't know any, we don't know what their skill set is. We don't know if they can speak English. We don't know any, we don't know who they are, actually. We don't even know if they've proven who they claim to be. But they weren't even said, they weren't even told to leave. They were just told, we have another facility that is better able to handle this number of people and probably doesn't cost $350 a night per person. And they're protesting outside saying, no. We like it here. That doesn't look like gratitude. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what it looks like. I mean, I guess they've learned the American victim culture pretty quick, right? Uh, you come from a foreign country, get put up in a four-star hotel, get asked to leave, and you decide to protest and claim that you're a victim, and all of these different media outlets show up to cover the situation such that the mayor has to show up and see what kind of food you're getting. I, I just think conversations on illegal immigration are so broken in the way that we have them. And what I would ask everybody out there to do, we talked about this yesterday, but I think it's so important. Strip away all of your preconceived notions. If you lived in a third world country, as many people do who are trying to come to this country, and you made the trek all the way to Texas, and you crossed the border, and you made your asylum claim, and they put you, gave you food, water, shelter, put you on a bus, drove you to New York City, and put you up in a four-star hotel. Wouldn't you brag to every single person left behind in your third world country about how amazing your life was? And when you bragged, because these guys all have phones, when you bragged and told that story to everyone in the third world country, wouldn't if you were left behind in third world country living in some hovel and your friend or family member called you and said, I'm in an incredible hotel in Times Square right now. You're living in that hovel back in that where you are. This is how amazing America is. Wouldn't you also decide to make the same trip to the border? My point is, if I'm asking all of you to just think through this, Every single thing that the Democrats are doing when illegal immigrants arrive in this country is incentivizing millions more to come, and they know it. And, Buck, yesterday you were saying over 5 million illegal immigrants have arrived since Joe Biden became president. 
And we talked about the population and how that's basically the same number of people who live in Alabama or South Carolina, to put it in perspective. If you've ever driven through either one of those states, that's two years of the Biden administration. Two more years, 10 million. This is unsustainable and unacceptable, and yet almost no one will even have a conversation about it right now. I think it's also worth noting that while the mayor of New York City is telling, has said, we've played the, we've played those clips on the show, so you've all heard it. He says, we can't afford this, meaning financially. Yes. And never mind the rule of law and, you know, assimilation burden and, and all of that, right? We can't afford this. And then he turns around and basically says, because this is Im- immigration reform to a Democrat always means the same thing. Amnesty. Always. Here he is saying, oh, it's too expensive for us to handle all of these within the New York City, all these immigrants within the New York City budget, these illegals. So let's just make everybody in the country who's illegal the federal government's problem by giving them amnesty. Play two. We have to go to the source. The source is real comprehensive immigration reform. The Republicans have been hiding, holding on and blocking it for too many years. We must get this resolved. But there's a crisis right now, and that crisis should be coordinated by the national government. We need to expedite the right to work because it's just unfair to cities like El Paso, New York, Chicago, Washington, for us to pick up this this burden. And then we need one individual who solely is playing the role of a decompression strategy uh, so that the end of the road can't be New York City and other big cities. I mean, two things, Clay. The reason that there are issues about them working is they're not supposed to be in the country in the first place. We have all these laws that get ignored, 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 ignored. That's one part. The other part is I think Eric Adams clearly stepping into the uh, the light here as a Democrat national figure. And I, yes. I think I do think he's got presidential aspirations. Well, I just would ask, how does this ever end? How does this ever end unless we basically take over all of Latin America and decide to start making those places United States? Because short of that, and that's obviously hyperbole ridiculous, but short of that, why are people ever going to stop coming here? And that's the question that no Democrat can answer, which is why the only place it leads you to is they want them to keep coming to ensure that they remain in political power forever. Yeah. I mean, whenever you talk to anyone who understands the border and has worked in Border Patrol or ICE, the word they use, Clay, and this is what they say to me whenever I speak to them, and I've got some that I text and call on my phone just to get updates as to what's going on, they say incentive. Yeah. You know, it's so true. Like you're, you're, You're an entrepreneur. You build a successful business, Outkick. You got to understand people's incentives if you yes. want to know what they're going to do, right? We, we all know this. If you don't deal with the incentive of coming into the country, gaming the system, they're effectively lying. Not that anybody seems to care, but they're not asylum seekers. And if they are asylum seekers, then anyone on the planet counts as an asylum seeker who wants to be here. And as long as they get to stay in the country, this continues because the yes. incentive is you will get to stay. And that's where we are. And that does not change under this Democrat administration. My friends, every day in hospitals around this nation, the miracle of birth happens. Maternity wards are the most joyous sections of any hospital. And for good reason. The miracle of life is a gift that basically every baby deserves because life is precious. That's why I'm working with preborn pregnancy clinics nationwide to help rescue tens of thousands of unborn babies. Preborn introduces babies to their mothers through ultrasound. 
These are moms making difficult decisions. After hearing the heartbeat and seeing her beautiful baby, a mom is twice as likely to choose life. Through love, compassion, and free ultrasounds, Preborn has rescued over 200,000 babies, and every day their clinics save 150 babies' lives. Consider donating to this nonprofit organization. Each of those ultrasound experiences costs just $28, the cost of a dinner, or you can sponsor five ultrasounds. Think about that. You could bring, help bring five babies into this world. It only costs $140. Any amount will help, though, whatever you can spare. I know times are tough right now, and people are strapped for, for money to pay their bills. But remember, all of these gifts that you can give are tax-deductible, 100% tax-deductible, 100% of your donation will go to saving babies' lives. So please, donate securely today. Use your cell phone, dial pound 250, and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250. Dial pound 250 from your phone. Say baby. Or go to preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K. Sponsored by Preborn. Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck. A new podcast. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. Clay Travis Buck Sexton Show. Encourage you to subscribe to the Clay Travis Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you don't miss a moment. Also, a lot of cool original interview material dropping in there that you won't find anywhere. Uh, so search out Clay and Buck on Twitter. Uh, well, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us anywhere. But you can subscribe to the podcast by searching out my name or Buck Sexton's name there and join the tens of millions of cool kids who are downloading these episodes. Uh, all right, we got some breaking news for you. Uh, that has just come down during the commercial break. Uh, the FBI, this is according to the Wall Street Journal, I'm reading their headline. The FBI searched Biden's former think tank office in November. It says the search was undertaken after an agreement with the White House. Now, this is in the Penn Biden Center where they initially found the classified documents. Remember, I've got the timeline here beside me. The initial discovery of those documents, according to the Biden crew, was on November 2nd. Now, we don't know when the FBI engaged in this search, but presumably it happened after the midterms, although it's possible it happened before the midterms. We don't have the date. Let me read you. It's a relatively short article. Uh, people familiar with the matter have told the Wall Street Journal that the FBI searched President Biden's former office in Washington in November. And uh, again, they discovered roughly a dozen classified documents on November 2nd. But this is the important uh, part of this story so far. It couldn't be determined whether investigators found any additional items of the classified documents that they found on the carpet Inside of Mar-a-Lago, we have months of histrionic media coverage about what a threat to our republic this was. We're just finding out now, on the final day of January, that the FBI raided Biden's Washington office in November. And now we know the FBI has reportedly looked at his house as well, but this is the way that stories are covered for if you are a democrat the story doesn't come out until the very end of january months later this continues to make the white house look worse um but they protected the white house because this information 
did not come out anywhere near the time that it actually took place. I think it's very clear that the FBI at a high level saw the Mar-a-Lago documents as an opportunity to score some points with the regime in power. Because this is something I always say, Democrats take care of their henchmen. You can be a Democrat who gets fired from your job in the FBI. You know what happens to you? You get a CNN gig, a book deal, and probably a board seat or a, a professorship down the line. That's what the Democrats do. So within the deep state corridors, they understand, hey, we got a chance here. They had a chance at Mar-a-Lago to really dig in. I mean, to, to the point about the photos, why did those photos ever make it out? Clay? Why were they taken in that way? Why splay out the top secret documents we all know why. And I think it's because senior people in the FBI, whose names we may not even know right now, but we might in the future, were thinking, well, you know, I, w- I would love to be Homeland Security director or I would love to be senior White House advisor for whatever. Right. So they took that as an opportunity because we've seen a very different handling of the situation as it pertains to Joe Biden. And we didn't even mention this uh, on the show yesterday. But, you know, there are these concerns about notebooks that have been discovered in the uh, De- in Biden's Delaware uh, home, his primary residence, I believe, in Wilmington, con- uh, concerning classified material. So once again, Joe Biden made a habit of this. This went on for many years. For everything that we find that's a page of classified that is still next to the Corvette in the garage he probably took a hundred other pages home. I'm just guessing, but this is not something that was new to him. This is not something that wasn't a regular occurrence. And it is pretty, pretty much a slap in the face to everybody out there. You know, we get every time we bring this up, Clay, we get calls from people saying, Oh, I had a TS clearance, uh, in the army. I had a TS clearance at, you know, DIA or FBI or wherever. And if I had done any of this stuff, my life would be over. And for Joe Biden, it's, it's not even a it's not even really a slap on the wrist from not only the legal authorities, but politically, they're trying to make it seem like this should be no big deal as well. The only viable defense that Joe Biden has against all this, that is that is ironclad. And I will say this. Joe Biden has an ironclad defense available to him, which is he's not of sound mind. And it's actually sad that he can't remember where he leaves things because of what's going on with him upstairs. But he won't make that argument obviously because then people might say why are you president yeah let me just go back to the timeline buck because again breaking news this just came down during our commercial break wall street journal reporting that the fbi conducted a search of joe biden's Penn biden center uh office after there were reportedly 12 classified documents discovered there what i want to go buck is and i've got this timeline here people would have just seen it who are watching on video at clayandbuck.com um i got this timeline that i keep on my desk here because i know this is going to keep remaining uh relevant when merrick garland came out and spoke buck i jotted down several dates that he gave us he said on november 2nd the discovery of these classified documents were uncovered in joe biden's office on november 4th the archives notified the Department of Justice. And then he said something interesting. He said on November 9th, there was an FBI assessment. Just reading between the lines now to what we know, 
This, to me, would suggest that that FBI search occurred on November 9th, um, right after the midterm elections. And then the other date he gave us was November 14th, U.S. Attorney Lausch was given this investigation. That would suggest to me, Buck, that the FBI may have found something on November 9th. You following my timeline here? Yeah. If if Merrick Garland says on November 9th the FBI made an assessment, I would presume, and maybe there was a raid before November 9th, but I can't imagine the FBI, now that we have this Wall Street Journal report, would not have made an assessment based on doing their own uh, search there. Now, why didn't the FBI at that time also initiate a search at Joe Biden's Wilmington, Delaware home, which it appears they have done now? Why did they not also then initiate a search at the uh, at the uh, beach house? That's a really valid question that I would love to ask Merrick Garland right now. But we don't know, again, according to the FBI a report that we just got from the Wall Street Journal, whether they found anything. But it's possible, Buck, that they found additional classified documents there or documents that they believe might have been of significant nature because on November 14th, we know a U.S. attorney, this guy Lausch, was put in charge of this. But my point on this is... The FBI assessment that's doing a little bit of work in the way that Merrick Garland defined it, why wouldn't he have told the American public the FBI conducted a search in that public availability that he had when he announced that there was going to be a special counsel? And why did it take all the way November, December, and basically to the end of the month in January, why does a Democrat get three months before we know that this occurred? We all know why, right? I mean, we're, we're, you're I mean, asking these but questions. These, these are, no, these I mean, are important questions. You have to yeah. ask them, but I'm just saying, you know, that these are actually, they shouldn't be rhetorical questions, but they are rhetorical questions, right? We, we should be saying, wait, hold on a second, but we ask them because we know what this is really all about. And, you know, we, we started off, I, I'm, look, I very much, uh, stand behind my assessment that even the special counsel designation with, with regard to Biden, uh, is going to be very limited in scope and isn't going to really nothing's going to come of this uh, because they would have to choose to expand the investigation into other areas. And I don't look. We all know you can't predict the future. I could be wrong. Nobody could have predicted that good old Joe was papering his walls like Nash in a uh, in a beautiful mind, you know, papering his walls with classified information. Nobody could have seen that one coming. But I don't think that this is, wait, is it, uh, who is the bat? The basketball player is Steve, John Nash is the, uh, Steve Nash is the basketball player. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I know John you know Nash the is guy. the brilliant, uh, mathematician a from mind. a beautiful mind who yes. had all the, you know, the diagrams of all the classified super yeah, secret Steve stuff Nash is the basketball coach, formerly, uh, point guard, very talented, uh, basketball player, also far left wing. Oh, sorry. I get, now you got me crossed up. I'm getting Steve Kerr and Steve Nash mixed up. We got Nash's. I got a, lot a of Nash son named on. Nash. Yeah, a lot of Nash. So. We have Joe Biden document fiasco, and, and we talk about why this, and why don't they push him more, and why is the FBI treating him so differently? I mean, Clay, we started off the show just talking about uh, how, how yet again, another chapter of depravity for Hunter Biden, which we have to put into the context of Hunter Biden was getting 80 grand a month from Burisma in Ukraine while his dad was the point man for Obama on U.S. foreign policy in Ukraine. So, again, it's not just about how Hunter Biden is gross. It's about 
the Biden family is corrupt and was operating uh, what what seems to be a criminal enterprise. I mean, Hunter didn't pay taxes on money he only made because of who daddy was. So, you know, there and then there's all the other crimes. This uh, demanding. I mean, you know, if a normal person tells their their legal uh, tells a legal assistant, you better FaceTime me naked. Or else I'm not going to pay you. We need, we need, that's coming out of nowhere for people out there who may not have seen this, uh, this, this story. But yes, you're right. I mean, the Daily Mail, we need to talk about this when we come back out of the next break. Cause it, well, again, I wasn't expecting for there to be a, a breaking news story about the FBI. Uh, but the Daily Mail he- headline is exclusive. Uh, Hunter Biden texted his assistant, set phone up so I can spy on you showering. Hunter Biden told his assistant, threatening to withhold her pay if she didn't FaceTime him naked, according to text. She is the buck fourth employee who he's had a sexual relation that we know of who he's had a sexual relationship with. I mean, that's great. How many people out there do you think have ever texted anyone FaceTime me while you shower? Probably relatively low. How many people have have done that to an employee? Surely there's not that many people who have ever done this. But this is what Hunter Biden is. We'll give you a few a few more stories about that uh, when we come back. But my goodness, what a crazy world the Biden crime family has created. Uh, but I want to tell you as we go to break, uh, you probably have home insurance, probably have car insurance, probably have some form of health insurance may have life insurance. Do you have food insurance? In the event that suddenly you aren't able to get to the grocery, maybe it's because there's a hurricane, maybe there's a tornado, maybe it's just the calamitous nature of the Biden economy, why not go ahead and provide for your family safety and security? My wife was pumped when these arrived on our front porch and we put them right into our pantry. I'm talking about food supply that could last for a very long time. I have relied on them at my my Patriot Supply to take care of my family. We have three months of emergency food for the three boys here in my household and also for my wife and myself, and it'll last up to 25 years. These are a 2,000 calorie count per day per person kit, and they can last for three months each person. We've got Five different of these kits that we just keep for safety and security and food insurance in my house. Now you can do the same as my family and save $200 on your three-month emergency food kit by going to MyPatriotSupply.com. Kits will ship fast and free. And the rule of thumb on this is to buy one for each member of your household, just like I did. We've got five of them in the Travis house. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com one more time mypatriotsupply.com keeping it real keeping it honest clay travis and buck sexton so we've seen a number of states start to take action on the issue of what the left calls gender affirming care for youth uh but what i think is more properly called uh transgender hormone and surgeries for adolescents and and for kids and so this is a a major issue that has gotten a lot of attention the last year or so uh some folks have done very 
good work in raising this because it's gone through the usual cycle when the left knows they're doing something that isn't going to play well with a majority of the American people, perhaps even 70 or 80 percent of the American people. They always start out by saying, that's not really happening. Why are you so focused on that? And then when it's clear it is happening, they say, why are you such a bigot? Why are you even talking about this issue? Uh, you have to think of it the way that we want you to. And so they've done that with, with transgender surgery for kids. You know, out in Utah, the governor there just signed, uh, signed a, a bill put in for, put on his desk. This is Governor Spencer Cox that will ban youth. This is from the PBS write up of this clay from receiving gender affirming health care. That's the way they're, they're presenting this. No, really what it will do is at least try to apply the brakes a little bit to giving teenagers, 12, 13, 14 years old, hormone blockers and perhaps even engage in or or, or be given surgery that is supposed to uh, change their, their gender. And, you know, I was really, uh, really remarkable. I, I saw this and I wanted everyone to hear it. It was uh, Jordan Peterson, who everyone knows Jordan Peterson. He does very, very good work. He's with the Daily Wire now. Here he is, Clay, talking about something we discussed on the show, which was back in the Disney v. DeSantis uh, throwdown era, there was that Disney executive who spoke about having a transgender child and, a pan- separately, a pansexual child. This is what she was talking about. This is the head of creative content at Disney, one of the most storied content companies in all history, if not the most. And this is how Jordan Peterson did his analysis of that by the numbers. Listen. The chance you have a trans kid is one in 3,000. And let's say the chance that you have a pansexual kid is the same. So the joint probability that you have a trans kid and a pansexual kid is one in nine million. The odds that you're a pathological narcissist sacrificing your own children to the glorification of your compassion is 8,999,999 to 1. So, like, do you have a trans kid and a pansexual kid, or are you a devouring mother? I think you nailed it, Clay. So well said. It is amazing how often the most far-left-wing, inclusive, and I'm putting it in quotation marks, people end up with kids like this. And I think I've said this on the show before, but one, you can't get a tattoo in most states under the age of 18. That's because we decide that you are not of sound enough mind to decide to get a tattoo. How in the world can it be permissible to have gender reassignment surgery before you're 18? We won't even let you get a barbed wire tattoo legally on your arm, and we're going to let someone chop off your genitals, chop off your breast before the age of 18? I mean, that's madness. It's child abuse. And that should be the law of the land everywhere. And I give credit to Spencer Cox in Utah, the governor there, for signing this. But this should be a law that every Republican governor in the country should sign. It's not remotely controversial. Also, if you are out there arguing that your child is gender non-binary and they are six or seven years old or even younger, that's child abuse too. No six-year-old knows what gender they are uh, in terms of wanting to flip their gender. And 
my wife pointed this out, but I think it's important. We don't let six-year-olds pick their own meals because if they could, they would eat birthday cake for every meal. Doesn't sound awful, by the way. And for a six-year-old, it sounds downright delectable. So if we don't let a six-year-old choose every meal they eat, and anyone who has raised a six-year-old knows that experience of saying, before you can eat X, you've got to finish Y. It's a huge part of parenting. How can anyone justify this idea that a child should be able to pick their gender? It's not coming from the kid. It's coming from the parent who wants to feel special and inclusive. I think Jordan Peterson absolutely nailed that. And it's the fact that that Disney executive can brag to all of the other people in Los Angeles about how inclusive she is because her family is so uh is so inclusive itself i don't even remember what does pansexual mean buck you're attracted to everything yes everything you literally will sleep with anyone and that's I, I different so. than bisexual how um because it includes intersex people bisexual i believe relies on a gender normativity of cisgender individuals whereas if you are pansexual, you will also include in your pansexuality the possibility of an intersex individual who is non-cisgender. I that, can't even that, keep up with you like that, this. everybody? That's how it I, goes. That's a really, uh, your ability to uh, to know all this is both uh, impressive and troubling simultaneously. <laughs> uh, and I, do, I, I can't even keep up with all this terminology. And, uh, and, and but, but in all honesty, like, who cares? <laughs> right? Like, why is this why is this in any way an obsession of the left? I, I think the answer is because there's so little else to fight for at this point that they just have to make up stuff. It's it's all just really, I think, by and large, people who are very disturbed mentally and unhappy. And they think if they make a dramatic change in their life that it's somehow going to cure the deep well of darkness that they fill inside them and and i and i hate to have to say that but doesn't it feel that way that there's this idea if you're 16 years old or 14 years old and you feel unhappy and unhealthy in your body and that's totally common for many different adolescents out there they feel as if they have to undertake some sort of radical transformation in order to attain happiness. And I feel almost certain that after this radical transformation in their lives, they don't feel very much different at all. And that, to me, is the ultimate tragedy of this, is that's what they've convinced themselves, and there's a cottage industry of people trying to tell them, it's not normal to be uncomfortable when you're an adolescent, this will fix it, and most of the time it's a lie. And also, you don't have to be an expert to know when people are lying to you. You can just think it through critically and come to the proper conclusion, which is that something is wrong in a situation that is outside of what would be your your expertise. As in, I don't have to be a doctor to know that when I was thinking about having uh, effectively, Clay, an ankle reconstruction surgery about a decade ago, because my ankle's a total mess, they walked me through all kinds of possibilities we might have to you know, take the screws out again. We, it might, you might get an infection. You might, you know, all the stuff, you know, doctors do this with any surgery. Right? Like, look, 
If you're going to be under, it's anesthesia. You know, it's rare, but bad things can happen. They take you through all that. You'll notice that the moment anybody says, hey, when you have top surgery as a, as a female to become trans, you're actually going, you, you might have lifelong pain, numbness, all, all kinds of things. You know, it might, might, it'll affect your, your hormones, whatever the side effects may be. You're not even allowed to discuss, just like we saw with the vaccines. Is it even possible there's a side effect? Shut up, you anti-science lunatic. You're not allowed to say that. Well, as we know, of course, there were side effects. They just suppressed them. Same thing is happening with transgender surgery for children. What, what are the long-term effects of taking puberty blockers on bone density, On go through a whole list of side effects? If you bring up those side effects, the progressive left, the Democrat base, will say you're a bigot. That's all you, that's all you really have to know to know something's up, right? This is about kids and their health. And we can't even know what the risk factors are. That shut down tells you everything. I agree. And it should be a law. I mean, I'm glad Utah's got it now, but this should be the law of the land everywhere. Uh, all right. Uh, look, families, you want to preserve your family memories for as long as you possibly can. You want to make sure that you are out there and able to Whatever the great memories you have with your families, with your grandparents, with your great-grandparents, with your own parents, whether they're on VHS tape, whether they're on 8mm, slides, old photos, how much do you worry about that family history being lost forever? It's early part of the year. Be a great Valentine's gift to you and your family to take care of everyone out there with Legacy Box. Legacy Box is a company that makes everything happen in terms of preserving your memories They'll digitally transfer what's everything that's on those old videotapes, for instance, onto digital files so you have them forever because those VHS tapes are not made to last forever. Eventually, you're going to lose what is on them. Why not go ahead and get hooked up today with Legacy Box? That's how it starts. You can take care of your family. You can preserve your family's history forever. All you have to do to do that, go to LegacyBox.com slash Clay. That's a great offer. A big discount, LegacyBox.com slash Clay. One more time, LegacyBox.com slash Clay. They're here to shed light on the truth every day. Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton. Who's there for heroes or the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is severely injured in the line of duty? Who helps our country's homeless veterans and who helps our nation to never forget 9-11? Let me tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The Foundation's Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran Programs comprise their In the Line of Duty programs. They're all dedicated to honoring our nation's heroes and their families. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America in so many ways. Over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings, and the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institutes educating kids in K-12 through grades, to help our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams 
offering over 330 academic programs as of September 2023. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Pure Talk, the cell phone service my family relies on, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer.